So one of the, the things that we can understand about the difference is self-care will always move us towards truth and towards becoming the person that God created us to be. Coping yeah. or these addictions always move us away from the truth and they're actually an attempt to exit our lives in reality. Again, today are graced by the uh, the inclusion of Beth Miller, wife of Dr. Greg Miller. And uh, Greg, uh, we're excited that Beth is back with us to continue the conversation that you started last time on self-care. Yeah. And what, if for those of you the last podcast, we talked about self-care begins with the acknowledgement of needs. And for many of us, um, our needs are not accessible. We have them, but we're not aware of them. Maybe it's because growing up needs were not valued or acknowledged. Um, and so we, we begin by just talking about how difficult it is for us to do self-care if we're not aware of what our needs may be. And so we talked a little bit about the seven desires. And for those of you that struggle understanding what your need may be, if you can begin with um, Mark and Deb's book, Seven Desires, and understand that list, then that may give you some clarity. Um, we kind of talked about this last time, but let's go ahead and acknowledge it again. How would you define self-care, Beth? What would that, what does that mean to you? Well, yeah, let me start by kind of putting it in two, uh, two parts. I think there is a definition of what it is not and what it is. Hmm. So I think what self-care is not is um, selfishness. You know, that it absolutely is not being self-absorbed, um, nor is it selfish for us to be a good steward of ourselves. Self-care is also uh, not coping. And I think that's important. We, and at, the, at Faithful and True, we have those conversations a lot. And coping, we define here, are those things that we do to maybe medicate or numb. And so it, you know, there's a host of things that we can choose from. Um, maybe it's withdrawal, checking out, eating a lot, drinking, any of the addictions get involved in those. What's interesting is that self-care, some of the, the choices that we make to care for ourselves might seem like some of the same behaviors as coping. So maybe we are exercising or you know, watching TV, eating a good meal. But the difference is that self-care is when we are attuned to, um, from our uh, wise adult, mm -hmm. to take good care of ourselves. Well, and the great challenge is it's not necessarily what we do. It's the, what part of us is doing it or why are we doing it? Yeah, it's the and motivation. Yeah, the example that I would use would be the difference between isolation and solitude. So isolation is when, as in my survivor, I am separating myself from God, from others, and myself. Whereas solitude is maybe I temporarily step outside of community so that I can be more present with myself and be more present with God 
so that when I re-engage community, I'm entering in more from a place of truth. So one of the, the things that we can understand about the difference is self-care will always move us towards truth and towards becoming the person that God created us to be. Coping yeah. or these addictions always move us away from the truth and they're actually an attempt to exit our lives in reality versus moving us toward the truth. Right. I think um, a real practical way to understand is how do I feel after mm-hmm. I have engaged in what I believe to be, you know, a self-care practice? Am I feeling refreshed? Am I feeling nourished in my spirit? Um, or do I feel even further checked out? Right. You know, do I feel kind of numb? And so, you know, again, just to be very clear, self-care is any intentional, deliberate choice I am making to take good care of myself in my mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. And part of it, I also think, is this idea of living in the context of my limitations. So even choosing self-care means I'm going to acknowledge my limitations in doing that. So maybe in a perfect world, it would be great that I could go away for a long weekend and really nurture myself and and find some space and some peace. But the reality is the nature of my limits, that's just not possible right now. So even the expression of self-care must name my limits. So maybe I can't do it for a weekend, but maybe realistically I could do it after. Maybe I don't have the financial resources to take this much time to be away or to engage in this activity, but with the resources that I have, this is something that I do because self-care in its expression and in its realization will not create more chaos. It helps us be more grounded in our truth. Right. Well, so one of the things that I think I've become aware of in, you know, our 15 years of recovery um, in our own process is the awareness that I grew up um, in a church context where doing for others was held to a very high standard, which is, is of high value, let me say. You know, I remember one time in my school youth group, the youth minister wrote on the board that um, basically good Christians follow the practice of joy. Jesus, others, and then you. And I sat in a very, um, you know, like um, just uh, all kinds of boxes to check around that and so forth. And while there may, there is some good truth in that understanding, if we're not careful, theologically, I think that lands us in a place of some like human worthlessness. You know, mm-hmm. and and some bad theology that tells us that somehow to take good care of ourselves and to actually say no to some things, sometimes even things at church, you know. Right. Um, and so when we begin to approach this from a you know a much different perspective, that this is like we were saying in our first podcast, this is good stewardship. Mm -hmm. of the one life we've been given 
Well, that begins to open up all kinds of possibilities of seeing self-care as a spiritual practice. And at the end of the day, spiritual practices um, have, they have fruit to them. You know, we, we can notice like what is shifting and changing in my life because I'm engaging in this um, and seeing it really make a difference. Well, you know, one of the images that I use is, you know, you know me and I'm not a car mechanic, but one of the things that I, I do know is that cars need oil and that that's part of how they were created. That's part of the design. So I can look at the car and say, car, you are selfish because you need oil and you need to learn to operate without oil. Or I can say, you know what, because that is your design, I need to make sure that that need is met and you have oil in order for you to function the way that your creator intended. Well, self-care is simply acknowledging those things that are basic to who we are and who God created us to be, that when we meet those needs and take care of them in any aspect of who we are, it enhances our life. It enhances our ability to live the way that God intended, and it enhances our capacity to become the person that God in, created us to be. Right. So, you know, that, that idea of having to live outside of our limits in order to honor God is so oppositional to this reality that Absolutely. if I'm outside of my limits, I'm actually not acknowledging the truth of who God created me to be. Yeah. I just said, so you're encouraging me to check my oil. Yes, that's that's the encouragement. My personal oil and my automobile oil. Yes, that's that's right. Yeah, that metaphorical oil that we all. Yeah, it was a great that was a great analogy. I appreciated that. Well, okay, so along those same lines, you know, like the the dashboard on our car flashes if there's something amiss. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember when I was first learning to drive, not paying attention to those lights and that didn't go well, you know, that just did not go well when I just ignored that stuff. And I think that's one of the on-ramps to self-care is learning to pay attention to, is there a light blinking, so to speak, somewhere in my life? And, you know, for example, our body is a great place that we are called to practice good stewardship and good self-care. And so if my body is run down or really tired, or there are some aches or pains that um, are kind of flashing, right, that tell me to notice, that's one of the ways that we can take this on-ramp into self-care. Typically, I think we live um, disembodied, right? Like we live from the neck up and we want to just keep plowing forward and not pay attention to that stuff. And I think so much of what we do here at Faithful and True is talk about really integrated holistic living. And if we want to be well holistically, learning to pay attention to, okay, what is my body saying? Is it needing better nutrition? Is there something off? Do I need to have something checked out at a doctor? Do I need to exercise more? And again, it's it's not just about checking a box or doing more. 
but it is about attuning to how do I need to care and steward for my body. Well, and you use the term embodiment. Um, there's a variety of different ways that we live disembodied. I, I hear guys talk about um, they worked all day and didn't even stop for lunch. Well, their body at some point was telling them that they were hungry, but they just kind of ignored that message and kept on working. Or um, for some of us, the, the issue is more that we don't listen to our body telling us that we're full. And we're so used yeah. to finding food as a way to comfort or to try to create some sort of distraction that we're not embodied in our body saying we've eaten enough. And so therefore we need to, you know, stop. Um, I know guys that I work with that exercise beyond their capacity. They exercise to the point where they injure themselves, where that's another way to be disembodied. Their body is telling them you have limits. And I often tell the men at the workshop that if you don't believe you have limits, just age. Age is the constant reminder of our limitations. And so self-care evolves as we recognize who we are physically, what our capacities are, what our limitations are. And our body will tell us we need to get up and move. Um, and so self-care, I, I love that word that you use, that's attuning to my physical self and listening to what my body is telling me about my needs and how I can respond to those. Yeah. And, you know, again, there, there are a variety of reasons why we don't listen to our bodies, mm -hmm. right? And um, that anything about the body was bad, or maybe the body is the place where some painful things have happened. Um, and so being very, very gentle with ourselves about that is going to be so important. Um, you know, getting our therapist to help us to be gentle in that way is going to be so important because. I can tell you, like, you know, for women, it's pretty significant that the number one thing women feel shame about is their bodies. Mm -hmm. And so while, yes, we can intellectually agree, we should take care of our bodies. Like, yes, there's all kinds of evidence to do that. Sometimes, um, I think many times, it's a very different thing to begin moving towards our bodies to care for them with compassion, right. with kindness. Well, and, you know, we have been doing this research. And one of the things that's come out pretty clearly is that one of the consequences of being exposed to pornography young, whether you're male or female, is that it increases your body shame and body shame can lead to disembodiment. And so, you know, part of self-care, as we've been talking about, is moving towards my physical self and celebrating, nurturing, caring for my physical self and living in truth and rejecting the lies of shame. And to be honest, the church sometimes perpetuates this. They, yeah. they have this um, kind of dualistic theology that says anything physical is bad, anything spiritual is good. And so we may even need some help and encouragement in the context of the truth of the scripture to be able to re-engage the physical self as God's good creation right. and celebrating who God has created and the uniqueness of who I am. Well, I love the idea and it's not original to me 
um, but I, I love the truth that Jesus came in a body to help us love. I mean, like that's just powerful. Jesus came in a body to help us love our own. And this is one of the ways that I think we can really ask. And I think this is that self-care is a sacred process. And I think we ask God to help us to be gentle and kind with ourselves because um, some of the things, and I think it's true across the board, male and female, some of the things that we say to ourselves about our bodies, we would never say to a friend. You know, I mean, we are uh, often critical and shaming and negative. And I, I, you know, I can own some of the things I've said to myself. I wouldn't have many friends if I lived <laughs> that way, right? And so um, I've heard Debbie Laser say um, so many times over the years that we must learn to be a gentle observer. So that is self-care, mm-hmm. right? Like learning to notice, oh, <laughs> that's rough. Right. I talked about my particular. What's that idea that um, silencing the inner critic is an expression of self-care? One thing I would add here is for men who are listening, if this idea of body shame and disembodiment is something that they are curious about, we've recently done a podcast, Jim Farmer, of body shame. I mean, so if, if you've been intrigued by that and you've not heard that podcast, that could be something um, that you could go back and listen to because the podcasts are available. And um, let's talk about what it might be to do spiritual self-care. Now we've kind of talked yeah. about these categories. Well, I, I think there's so much that we could say about that. I, again, I think it starts with attuning, you know, both to uh, ourselves and to God. And quite honestly, I believe to attune to God just takes um, some space. It isn't something we typically can cram in quickly. But it takes centering down. It takes getting quiet. Sometimes that even takes um, silence, you know, to just say yes to God's movement in that silence. And um, I think spiritual self-care is also understanding that how I practice my faith may look really different, you know, from someone else. I mean, I think you and I have experienced that, you know, like the ways that we live out our experiences with God might have some unique expressions to them. Mm-hmm. So part of this is recognizing what does help me connect? What do I need? Maybe someone needs to really be in nature, you know, and out in beauty. Maybe someone needs um, to be in a community to experience and, and practice um, a presence of God. Um, and, and of course, we need all of these things. But what I'm saying is attuning to what do I uniquely need? What really 
fills my tank. And I think that's so important. Um, it may also be something like attuning to forgiveness. You know, one of the ways that we can practice self-care spiritually is getting in there and, you know, being honest with ourselves about, am I holding some unforgiveness? Now, we've done other podcasts about forgiveness, right? So I want to be sure here to just put in a plug to say, that's not the same as maybe it's taking a while and we're in a process of forgiveness. I think most of us know when we are in unforgiveness, right? We're bitter, snarky, we're resentful. Um, maybe we're passive aggressive. Maybe we're shut down. Maybe that's towards ourselves, right? right. Or maybe it's, it's towards someone else. Well, and I, I just want to say, you know, you talked about the warning lights on the dashboard. Some of those things that you've listed are the warning lights on the dashboard that there's something that we need to attune to. If I have bitterness or resentment or sarcasm would be one of the things. If, if I see those things in my life, those are the warning lights saying there's something deeper spiritually that I need to attune to in order to take care of myself, to do the self-care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that one of the ways that we can uh, practice self-care spiritually is to pay attention to um, what are the, um, what's the rhythm of my life. And that's actually a spiritual practice called rhythm of life, you know, and, and it's kind of sitting back and looking at, is the way that I'm living my life manageable? Is it life-giving? Or um, am I pushed to the margins um, so much that I've crammed you know, too much into my life? Um, or do I, uh, you know, am I regularly kind of finding myself using my medicators, right. my TV, right. my food, drinking? pornography, you know, whatever it might be that I'm, I'm so numb. I don't want to feel things. I don't have the capacity to feel things, you know, right. that exhaustion again is another thing on the, the uh, dashboard that's telling me something is out of balance. So sometimes we avoid things because there's pain there that we don't want to experience, but other times we avoid things um, and it may be things that we're drawn towards, but we just live in so much exhaustion, we don't have the capacity. And so I, I like this idea of balance where yeah. uh, that living, a, a, you mentioned the rhythm of life, but living in this balanced life where there's work and rest. Yeah. You know, and the well, rest creates space for me to move towards some of these things. Yeah. That's Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, I think practicing Sabbath is a beautiful way to um, acknowledge we were designed to work, play, and rest. Mm -hmm. and, so, and, and Sabbath yeah. is not going to church and working hard and doing a bunch of stuff, <laughs> you know. And for many of our traditions, we've turned Sabbath into another day of work, just a different location. Yes. Yeah. And so... It, 
you know, many people grow up in a home where, you know, you, you work, you do all your chores. And if there's any time left over, you get to play or rest versus recognizing the value of work and rest and living in that balance and that tension. Yeah. I want to just say um, years ago, I had a good friend and spiritual mentor who taught a lot about Sabbath that she said is that it can be a little daunting if, okay, we're going to, you know, set this whole day aside and we're not going to do any chores or, you know, we're not going to um, work any of those things. And she said, again, you know, let's not get real legalistic about this. What if you just start small? And so from whatever day you choose, um, maybe it's Sunday, maybe it's a different day off, maybe you work on Sundays, you know, but from say four o'clock on, you decide, okay, what would bring me life? Uh, What would bring our family life? Um, Maybe then we can back it down to two o'clock on, you know, but the idea is not, again, this checking the box spirit of, um, Am I finding this balance that this gift God has given us um, to recognize a healthy rhythm of life? That's and with if we think about self-care like a spiritual practice, then with any spiritual practice, um, we look at what are the fruits of that. Mm-hmm. And one of the fruits of healthy self-care is a rhythm of life that is meaningful a rhythm of life that allows us to be present to God, to ourselves and those that we love um, those around us. Right. I, I, I think, think that does it. I, I think that's the statement we were looking for, Greg. It's yeah. a great way to, to, to wrap up this podcast dedicated again to self-care. Uh, Beth, that was beautifully said. I appreciate this conversation. Uh, I know that our listeners will as well. Uh, and uh, we thank you for joining us for, for two consecutive podcasts. Your time is valuable, and, and we understand that. Uh, so we, we thank Glad you. To be here. Yeah, that's always great to have you with us. Uh, to our listeners and our viewers, we thank you very much for joining us on the Faithful and True podcast. We invite you, if you have not done so yet, to visit the Faithful and True channel on YouTube and subscribe and like us. We would really appreciate that form of uh, support. And... Um, You'll notice that on the website, we have the Men of Valor workshop and the Women's Journey workshops coming up in the month of June. Uh, We invite you to register online. Uh, Beginning in July, we've been given the clearance to start uh, having the workshops in person again. So starting with the July Men of Valor workshop, we're going to be hosting that here at Faithful and True in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. You can register right online once again at faithfulandtrue.com. Until we join you again on our next podcast, we thank you and we ask that this coming week be for you a week that's filled with many blessings and great visions.